0: The MX Vice Show.
1: Welcome to the MXY Show, episode 67. We had a little off last week, just because, well, there wasn't too much going on. However, there is now. Brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Props Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGPTV, Backyard Design UK, Asterisk, Armour, and of course, Blenzel Oils. Segments coming up. We have the ever-present Blenzel performance of the week. Who's going to get that? Mm. Uh, Leah Asfice, anything? Planet Motor bombshelled a week. And that stupid game armor. You smarter than a berth. Fire racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, cone head EPS, and a 12k carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System (AIS) introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. So, if this is your first time, I'm James Burfield. I'm not really sure what I am. Uh, Founder of MX Vice and founder of Even Strokes. And on the line is the one and only 26-year-old. Now his birthday
2: was uh, was it May the fourth, May the fifth? No, it is the fourth.
3: Wow, that was messy, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, a little bit. I was just trying to think. I forgot
3: dates. Well, it's May the uh, fifth today. So, Lewis Phillips. Yeah, hi. You're
1: right. Yeah, the ever dynamic and older. Lewis Phillips.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. How, yeah. How is I, it?
1: How is it feeling at 26? Because let's face
2: it, you're closer to 30 than you've ever been.
3: Well, well, that's true every day, isn't it? But um, I had a bit of a realization uh, yesterday. You put you put up a photo. Fo- you found a photo of me uh, in the <laughs> MX Vice <Y's> office, <laughs> and I realized that all sorts of child labour laws must have been broken. When I was younger. Mm, I don't be- know. Because the hours I was working and the responsibility I was given, literally, I looked like I could have... I looked like I'd just come out of the Muppets movie. I painted like dominoes, You know, we... I just feel like... Oh, I even- feel like at some point there's going to have to be an, inquir- inquiry, an inquiry? inquiry into this and um, it probably isn't going to go very well because I imagine that multiple laws were broken. So... Look. Let's face it,
1: in like 19... 19- just like a sweatshop, really. Seriously, 1918, kids were going at chimneys, so just think yourself lucky, all right? We ain't got any chimneys. Just
3: poor, like poor. I just literally sat there, Yes, you know, like, like a victim. I realised that my youth had been stolen from me, and I didn't ever even realise until now. So Whilst everybody
1: hard. else was playing with Action Men and Lego, you were doing stats on Supercross when you were eight. So let's, let's face it, you had no childhood because your childhood was very different to other people. Well, no thanks to you, you
3: stole it from me. <laughs> but anyway, my okay. lawyers told me not to talk to you before the court case. Okay, okay. It's obviously, uh, because you'll have an influence on me.
1: If, in if, this is a, if this is another attempt for yet another wage increase, then this, your, your attempts will be futile. I just,
3: well, I don't want a wage increase, I just want my youth back, James.
1: <laughs> I think if you look in the mirror, that's not going to happen.
3: I just want that back. My childhood, that was stolen from me. Are you actually a little
1: bit worried now that you're actually older than a lot of the riders? No. They're not going to relate to you, Singh. You're going to be no, like I'm still, me. I'm still the same sort of age as all the riders. Uh, you're you're going to be like, you know, the young kids who's coming up in EMX 250 are going to be going, oh, I don't want to speak to that old creepy guy. That's right. right, I'll just... Um, hey, look! If you ever need someone to chat to, just chat to me because I've been. I'm pretty
3: there. sure. I'm pretty sure. I mean, that, actually, this is a good. Point. I, I could I cannot see. I reckon I might be the last writer introduced to MXGP. I can't see there being <laughs> another one. Like, can you imagine someone like? Because as we've discussed many times, no one wants to write anymore. I feel like the fact that I wanted to write, even even when I decided I wanted to write, I feel like I was already at the. Tail end of people wanting to do that. You're a like, seven. No one, no one wants to write anymore. So I can't imagine someone actually wanting to be like, oh yeah, uh, can I write articles? I just can't imagine people being like that anymore. Like, like, but anyway, Chris, who cares? Who cares? Moving on. Who cares? Who cares? Well, uh,
1: let's let's take that back because uh, didn't you tell me uh, a story once that you used to have a journal at home and used to write an, your own blog? Bang. No, it wasn't. before blogs were a blog. You literally would write down Supercross and, and everything else, kind of race reviews and stuff.
3: Yeah. Add a little binder. Put fight, stole photos in from it. <laughs> put them in there. Made it look a bit special. How, how old were you? I don't know. I made my own magazine once. Uh, this is the thing though, mate. MX like, Hub, it was called. Wow. Um, I even stole adverts from other magazines to put in there so it looked a bit more proper. <laughs>
2: I don't know what to say. So all those companies are welcome for the free advertising. Uh, anyway. But this is what I'm saying. There's, there's not many kids nowadays which are, are, are doing that.
1: Actually, if any. And I don't what? think any, any kid's done that before. This and is what I'm childhood, saying. childhood,
3: James. That
1: was your childhood.
3: It wasn't your right to take it from me. Your binder was your childhood. It wasn't... You, you didn't get You didn't get to make that decision to take my childhood from me. That wasn't your call. I wanted that child. I needed my youth. Why? why? I don't know where to go with this. You,
1: you
2: obviously Corp. sound... You obviously is say, where we're
3: going. You
1: obviously sound like you're in a lot of pain.
3: Anyway, moving
1: on. Okay, i moving on. Um, something uh, uh, less, less knit that in the bud because obviously
2: there was something very serious. The weekend, uh, Bass Fassen. What What do you know so far? Well, I don't think
3: there's. I don't think there's really. It's really a case of talking about what um, we know. More so, just um, obviously, best wishes to Bass and his family, and fingers crossed, I guess, for a full recovery. And yeah. Everyone, everyone, like, I was thinking about this yesterday. Everyone likes Bass. You know, there's some people like where 80% of people like them or 90% of people like them, but everyone likes Bass. Yeah. I, everyone does genuinely like Bass. He just is a very um, uh, outgoing person. If you want to, he's such a nice guy that um, we properly, I properly like spent time with him. I'd obviously met him before, but I properly spent time with him uh, in America a couple of years ago. And after about a, like, half an hour of hanging out with him, he offered me. His American house for six weeks for free. So <laughs> that's the type nice of the guy, guy. that's the yeah. type of nice guy he is. No, but yeah. um, yeah, no, finger like fingers crossed, hope like fingers crossed. Hopefully, everything turns out good and everything, yeah, goes well. But for now, it's just, yeah,
2: fingers and, crossed. And, and you can,
1: best.
3: yeah, just keep up to date with
1: his social media, um, at bass Basson on Instagram. Him and his girlfriend are actually putting out um, some updates each day. Um, hopefully uh, we'll get a speedy recovery and he'll be back up on his feet in no time. But um, obviously, if you can, send him a, a quick message on, um, on Instagram. Just wish him well. So yeah, that was, a,
2: um, that was obviously a, a, a bit of a harsh reality of our sport, wasn't it, on, uh, on um, Sunday. So Lewis, let's talk Supercross. Yeah, might as well for a bit, haven't we? Let's do it. So, what did you think? Well, he, had, he had it in the bag, didn't he? I mean, he had to finish 19th.
3: I think instead of talking about Supercross uh, race-wise, I think we, could, we should just have a general um, end of season, little surprise, disappointment, etc. Let's do there's it. No there's no point breaking down the race. We weren't there, but I thought there's no harm in
2: uh, discussing season as a whole. I felt I was there. I actually didn't stay awake for this one. First one this year, I missed. Oh, Live. wow. Yeah. Are you
3: taking your job seriously? Well, I wasn't going to be awake at 3 to 6 a.m. That wasn't really in my plans. But exactly, that they say? Just another case of you just robbing my childhood?
2: Do you know what you should
3: have had? A monster? No, no, no,
1: Lewis. No, we've moved on. What you should have got yourself was a little bit of armor blitz with a little bit of fire. First, it would have invigorated you and the fire would have got those that concentration levels uh, sorted. So you'd have been fine. That's where you went wrong. I'm going to send you some sachets. Sachets. We're not going to let this happen again.
3: Of a tub, but you are sending me a sachet. I mean, everyone thinks that everyone thinks that we owe Monster for like everything they do for the sport. Technically, everyone owes me because the reason Monster can do so much for the sport is because I fund them so much. You've paid for a Supercross season. Yeah, that million, that couple of million check that they to the Supercross, I cover that with my with my uh, purchases. Yeah, and and funny that because. The
1: amount of monster you've bought, but still you're complaining about wages. Yes. So yeah,
3: interesting story that. Mm.
2: So, no, yeah. but
3: um, as far as Supercross as a, as a whole go, obviously, as a whole or a hold, a whole. That's what I said. Uh, okay. I um, I called Cooper Webb winning the title. So yay for me. You did fucking Ding. answer you so
1: annoyingly right sometimes.
3: But as far as like um, see, as far as like surprises go for the season, I wouldn't go Tomac because I kind of saw this coming. Obviously, he wasn't my pick for the title, so it's not surprising to me that he wasn't. I mean, maybe he was a little worse than expected, but still, second or third is about where I saw him. I think Plessinger is definitely a surprise. Yeah. Fifth in the championship. I I think that's overlooked as well. believe I called that at the start of the year. I highly doubt it. No, I believe I called that at the start of the year. You know what? I I reckon Plessinger is probably the fifth. In fifth is kind of like the biggest positive surprise of the season, because... Everyone else behind him, there isn't really a surprise in a what, positive what, what, way. What about Malcolm Stewart? Sixth is kind of about where he can be when he, when everything goes well. But it was nice to see him in that in that position. Well, sure, it was nice to see everyone doing nice things, but we're kind of just generally talking about surprises rather than the niceties. Okay. What, what, yeah, Malcolm where? was seventh last year. Actually tied for six. Did Seven. you expect Ferrandis in seventh? No, see, I would say he was a disappointment. How? Because I was thinking about this, and I also feel like this hasn't been talked about enough. For, so, for, hang on a minute. Ferrandez is joint in points
2: with Anderson, uh, a former champion in his rookie season, and that's a disappointment. Hold on. Right. 11 points so, behind Stewart, who you expect to be there, but Ferrandez is still a disappointment. I, um. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't agree. No. Look. So the point is, I feel like everyone had high expectations. And however, I also feel as if I really, honestly, did anyone notice him in the last Orlando one? I think it was, was really good. Has anyone noticed him? From then on. That's yeah. what I mean. I don't that, think
3: anyone... I think he's just kind of been there. And I think people expected more flashes. Are you mental? No, that's just what I thought. I mean, Maybe a disappointment's a bit... Strong. But I just thought... I just feel like it wasn't... Like it was just a meh. From, from Arlingham onwards...
1: I don't know what know. Arlingham
3: is. Sorry,
2: Arlington. 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 That's uh, in Gloucester. Yeah, I, I race there. Yeah. From Arlington onwards,
1: he
3: was only out the top eight once. But, yeah, but I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, if, you told, if you told me when he stood on the podium at the second round that he wouldn't get another one, I
2: would have been like, no. No really? one could have. you I got Cooper Webb, Ken Roxon, Tomac, Barsha, and you expected
3: him to put those three. I mean, I didn't feel this passionately about this. Like you kind of, I didn't really care this much, but. I, 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 don't think anyone, I don't think anyone would have said that Plessinger would have been ahead of Ferrandis in the points equally. Like, I, don't think that, I, I just feel like when, if we were talking... What, er, off the, of Plessinger's season last year? The talk was... Oh, you're not making any sense. The talk was who was going to be better this year, Ferrandis or Sexton. And in my mind, there is absolutely no doubt that Sexton was a better rider. Absolutely. And I feel like most people didn't expect it to be that clear cut. And maybe that's where I'm kind of, maybe that's what's put the air of disappointment into my head with Ferrandis because I'm looking at the excitement around Sexton and what Sexton's done recently. And the fact that every week, the last little way, the last five races, every single one of those weeks, Sexton's kind of been there in the mix and in conversation, whereas Ferrandis hasn't aside from the race at the weekend where you
2: obviously finished fourth, which was great. And I'm not saying it was a failure. I'm just saying I think people expected more. That's all. Mm -hmm. Okay. Noted. What is going to be interesting next year on the whole uh,
3: Sexton thing is who finishes higher next year, Kenny or Chase? Sexton, I already said that Sexton was going to be really good this year, points-wise. So I I will double down on that next year. But then at this point, I really have no idea what Roxham we're going to see at any point ever. Like, I literally, like, if you asked me to, if you ask me to put a prediction on what, where Roxanne will finish at Parlor at the end of the month, I literally, I, I could not decide between first, 20th, DNF or DNS. I mean, maybe not 20th, but, like, I don't know. Like, who
2: knows what we're going to see and when. Who knows? Okay. Have you, have you not got a disappointment? I mean, you just literally heard me talk for like about a disappointment for about five minutes. I feel like maybe you should have been ready for this. I'll be honest. um, I'm not really. You could say
1: Marvin, but Marvin came off of injury.
3: He also Um, won a race, so that kind of vetoes that.
1: Anderson, probably expect a little bit more of. I, I thought. There was glimpses this year, uh, and then yeah, uh, and then it didn't quite work
3: out. Um, the fact that Anderson hasn't won a race since 2018 is not talked about enough. Yeah, that's disappointing. Like not won a race since his title winning season, and Anderson winning the title feels like a lifetime ago. I think I've I, I got to be honest,
1: I think we were robbed a little bit. My, my disappointment wouldn't be with riders. I just, just, just the injuries because I really would have liked to have seen Zach in AC
2: um, being healthy because I think that would have, I think they would have, they would have. That's defin- a weak disappointment.
3: I didn't care. It's my disappointment. But oh my God. Oh my God. I'm, so, I'm not disappointed in any one rider. I'm just disappointed that people got hurt. I hate to see it. Like, oh God. What are we? You can be
1: so condescending sometimes. Are we
3: cheerleaders, or are we, um, are we, are we breaking stuff down?
1: My disappointment this year is you. <laughs> you disappoint yes, me. Yeah, same. Time,
3: Constantly. Morris. Yeah, I'll get the Trust me, I'm right there with you. It's weird. I don't really feel like there's many, like... If you, if you actually look at it, I feel like there aren't too many standouts. Maybe I would have put Anderson and Musquin above the three Yamahas in the points, but then equally, both of those riders miss rounds, so I guess that makes sense. Dean missed
2: rounds. Dean, Dean was very steady along. Apart from the DNQ, not many lows, not many highs.
3: Very steady along. Also, probably one of the most consistent seasons in history, if you remove
2: the um the DNQ and the injury missed rounds. You know what? I'm surprised and impressed that Max somehow did every round without going to an
3: LCQ. I feel like that is also something that doesn't get talked about enough. The fact that he just, like jumping in mid-season with no experience, but then somehow qualifying straight from the heat every single week, bad start, good start, no matter what, uh, speedway track, tight track like Salt Lake, technical track like Arlington Free. I feel like that is a statement in itself.
1: Yeah. I, super, super impressed. The, the fact that he finished with a 12th as well. It was, um, you know, I, you can't ask any more,
3: can you, from what he'd done this year? Actually, that does remind me. You think, I think you'd, everyone would put Hartrath down as
2: their disappointment. Yeah, that, that was not great, hey? I think not great is probably the understatement of the year. I mean,
3: the yeah. fact that he raced every round bar two and Max had more than double the amount of points
2: in him and he missed eight, nine, seven, about that. Yeah. No one saw that coming. Yeah. Um, did, anybody, did, did anybody see Makarov just doing two rounds? That comes under
3: your disappointment of people getting hurt, doesn't it? Just hate mm. to see it.
2: Mm. Anyway, back to Europe. But do you not want to talk about um, lights? I mean, it hasn't been called lights for like 10 years, but... Uh, I like to call it lights.
3: No one liked to call it lights. Do you want to talk about 250SX?
2: That's much better. Now, let's go back to Europe. Let's bring her back to Europe. Let's reel her in. Okay. What do you want to talk about Europe? Because fuck all's going on. I was very impressed with Conrad Muse at the weekend. Oh. So, you
1: say Europe, but you're talking about Britain. That is Europe. We've left the EU. We haven't left the
3: continent, have we? Uh,
1: According to uh, half of the country, we have.
3: Okay. Anyway... Watching him ride via the live stream,
2: I was very impressed and thought to myself that he looked very... Like a... He looked like a different rider in a way. Okay. I don't know how you'd explain it. More mature,
3: maybe? No, not more mature. He just looked picture perfect and almost like he was brimming with confidence. Which I hear that his off-season has gone very well. So that probably is a by-factor of that. But I, of last podcast, I said that I think he'll be the surprise in MX2. Or I can't remember, surprise or the most imp- Yeah, I think I said surprise. I think that was the question. And I, I would double down on that right now. I've said it before. I've said it again. 100% I think this year, uh, three to four podiums at least. And a Moto win, maybe, probably. That would be about where I'd place realistic expectations. Obviously, more than that is possible. But I think that is a realistic safe bet at this stage. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, Is this
1: the real Lewis Phillips? Why? Because you've never been this fucking positive about
3: Conrad. I don't know when I've never not been positive about Conrad. Well, we could just rewind a few shows. No, I'm pretty sure that I've said... Listen, listen.
1: I've said... Listen, listen, um, don't... You're on enough bandwagons. This is
3: my bandwagon. Okay? um, I've said... We're, you're not welcome on this bus. I've said all off season that he's going to get three to four podiums and because I, I remember what I said because that's why I paused when I just said it because don't, I remember listen. I was saying this before before they confirmed that the format was going to be a one day because I remember I said three to four podiums and a qualifying race win at least and then that's why I paused because I was like well we won't get a qualifying race win now so I guess I'll just make that a moto win. Anyway listen, uh, exciting news. I just no please don't move on it's my bandwagon, my bus, okay? That's fine,
1: Conrad man. bus, right? You're, you've got the Ben Watson bus, which you get on and get off as and when you'd like to. I Remember Remember get off to welcome everyone else, but do you want to hear what I've got now? Remember that year when you were off, you, you weren't driving a bus. You was just parked in a station. The
2: ben Watson station. Ready? It's been after much, after much hype and anticipation. The
3: Watson wagon, you say?
4: Oh, my. Oh, my.
3: You're welcome. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That was hours of research and hard work to find a man. I, what have I told you about these fucking sound? You can't That's even one. hear them. What does All, it even say? I feel like that might be a you problem because it sounds very crisp on my end. What, what does it even say? All aboard. That is All aboard.
1: It sounded like he was saying hubba-bubba and giving out free fucking chewing gum. Really? I don't know.
3: Let's, let's play that one back. Let's see what let's see what he said. Let's play that back. All aboard! <laughs> All aboard! All aboard. That is fucking terrible. It... I'll tell you what, James. I'll tell you what. You're just making me feel like... Are you taking the fucking piss?
1: Well, I can hear that one. <laughs>
3: yeah, guess what you're just making me feel like. That... That last one, though, or, where the hell did you get that from a fucking Charlie Chaplin movie in 1918? I, w- I did some proper research. I went to multiple train stations around the country, found a conductor, stood next to him with a microphone, and then picked the best one for this show. That's where I've been for the last week. <laughs>
1: just deduct that from your wages.
3: 57 train stations I've been to, 57 individual conductors recorded. I can, I can see you as a train spotter.
1: Ooh, I wasn't a train spotter, I was more of a conductor. One, two, five...
2: 1986, I'll tick that one in my box. Tick. Yeah, definitely can see you that. Yeah. But equally, from the British Championship, GP-wise, I was quite impressed with Taylor Hamill. And also, actually, on the Dixon...
1: Also, did you, did you read the comments on the, the PR, Dixon PR? No.
2: Uh,
1: I did, but I can't remember what I said. Basically, that they've been working, they've been talking or working with Taylor for a year. Which meant that Steve had already had the Taylor-Hamill deal in place for a year and was kind of moulding him on the Rob team. Okay, it's not that I don't trust
3: you, because I do. Hang on, I will find it for you. No, I'm on it now. I will read it. it. I'm on it now. I will read it. I've just opened it. Steve Dixon said, uh, it's a long quote, so let me just skim read it quick to find a part about Taylor. Taylor, in these times, was a risky project, but together with local sponsors, we made a plan to take him to the next level. He's been working on his program with us, and he can definitely see the benefits of it. Where did you read that on the Dixon PR <laughs> There's nah. no word of
1: a year hold on then hold on I'm sorry
3: to everyone. everyone should just disregard everything that James says at any point, really because there's really like this, are
1: the biggest dick in the
3: world because. Dixon even says there that it was a risky signing in these risky times. So that obviously means a year ago would have been pre-Covid. So, Right. uh, James is really struggling to equally find this PR. Not that one. Okay, I'm going to send you the link if you really want to read it. I've got that, but it's not that one. There's only been one PR. No,
2: no, it's not that one. I've seen another one.
3: Where would there have been another PR from? They haven't done another race.
2: Hang on. I'm going to find it because you've really fucked me off now. I think you're boring everyone, including me. Fuck off. Um, I'll tell you what it might be on. That shit show of a British championship. Hold on, please hold. What's it called now? There we go, there we go. Anyway, um, I've just
3: read the PR, so James isn't going to find what he was looking for. fucking Um, am. And he's wrong. So anyway, uh, we're going to pause saying, this show. Quite, we're going to no, pause the show. I'm going to we'll talk about what I wanted to talk about while you research. That's how we're going to be going live soon, potentially. And we're not going to be able to do this, are we? So
2: this is how it needs to be done. Yeah, I was impressed with Taylor Hamill from the point of view. Is I feel like both him and Joel Rizzi are
3: what would you say? They are both entering MX2, but I don't think anyone would say they automatically. Right here, you go, fuckface. Right. Oh, angry. It
1: was good to be doing British again. Steve Dixon, manager. The first time properly since 2016, last time we complete, uh, competed here, we won MX1 with Tommy Searle. This year, we are focusing on MX2 with Taylor and Wilson. Wilson's only been in the country for a few weeks, haven't been at home in Australia since the end of last season. This is our first year working with Taylor. We made a plan with Taylor in December last year, which he's stuck to. He's yeah. slowly building... Part of a long-term plan. The same with Wilson since he's been back. We've been focused on testing and suspension.
3: Yeah, okay, thank you. We get it. Thank you. We don't need the whole quote. Yeah, December last year. You mean December 2020 when he signed? Five months ago.
1: It's just like fucking COVID.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's the fact that you thought you'd found it for me.
3: That just makes it a lot sweeter. I fucking hate you. <laughs> you I really you do. can't blame me. You fucking double down. You. I didn't make you double down. I was wanting to move on. I was trying to save you the embarrassment.
1: So last year he was signed to Dixon.
3: December 2020, yes. He, as was um, who else has changed it? Who else has changed teams? Ruben Fernandez was signed for 114 in December last year. I'm sorry. <laughs> I
1: am sorry. I When I read last year, I thought as in January last year. <laughs> it's just the
3: fact that you... Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, as Fuck I was saying, I don't, I don't think that... I'm I'm not even talking about you anymore. Um, I don't think that Taylor Hamill and Joel Rizzi were, uh, were shoe-ins to move into MX2 at the World Championship level. I don't think anyone was like, they have to have rides. So for both riders, I think it's a bit of a experiment and a bit of a punt in a way. And a... To be honest, the way Taylor Hamill rode at the British Championship, which was, he kind of latched onto his teammate a fair amount of times. And Wilson Todd is obviously, that's another thing I need to get to. Wilson Todd is obviously a respected worldwide talent. It kind of made me think, oh, well, maybe Taylor Hamill can get points consistently. Maybe, maybe expectations should be higher. And then I realized that everyone's putting him in the same uh, category as Joel Rizzy, But Joel Rizzy's, I guess, younger. Yeah, I guess. But also, yeah, but younger, but also like quite further behind on the development scale because he's younger. So maybe we should expect Taylor Hamill to be better than Joel Rizzi rather than bo- in year one, rather than them both being in the same category. But on the Wilson Todd thing, does anyone remember that Wilson Todd filled in for Troy Lee KTM in the outdoors in uh, 2019? No. No, I feel like everyone thinks that Wilson Todd is this unknown. He got the Dixon deal because he did so well in the outdoors for Troy Lee KTM. What did he do? 10th,
2: 12th, 15th, and 19th. He did four rounds. That was it. Okay. Those were at his exact uh, overall finishes. Off the top of my head. Would, would you get excited with a 10th? 10th in the AMA 250s? I think that's more... I think that's right up for,
3: for a non-factory team like Dixon. I think that's the best you can hope for. That's That's a top-level talent for a satellite team. Obviously, Factory KTM aren't going to look at Well, he did. Didn't he have... I'm pretty sure he had a trial for Factory KTM when Vial got the ride. I'm pretty sure. There was an, it was an Australian. I'm pretty sure it was him. It was a while ago now, because when did Vial... That would have been pre-2019. I'm pretty sure Wilson Todd had a trial for, for that Red Bull KTM seat that Vial got. Certain. I'm 99% sure, because I can't imagine what other Australian it would have been. Mitch Evans?
2: No, it would. It must have been. It would have been Wilson Todd.
3: I'm almost certain. So that proves that he's um he's kind of like people obviously see something in him, and he's got the talent
2: to do what better than people expect. So, yeah. Thanks hmm. for a little insight. Yeah, I forgot about that. What's really exciting? Yeah, crack on! I'm sure I'm gonna be really excited by your excitingness
3: So, people who saw um Conrad Muse win at the weekend. Yep would have noticed that he was wearing fly racing gear and the fly racing formula helmet. Now this is exciting. Which is obviously a huge step forward for the team and riders and everything. Like, they're uh, in the very best, the best of the best. And to honor, to celebrate the fact that Conrad won in his very first outing in fly racing gear and a fly racing formula helmet, as you would expect. Not only is fly redefining expectations with the helmet, Conrad Muse is also redefining technology. Conrad is also redefining expectations on the track. With you, it seems. With you, in his in his new helmet and his uh, new fly racing gear. Obviously, he wasn't wearing a kinetic mesh because it was Britain. So, is it because he's got long hair? You suddenly started liking him. Anyway, do you you mind? So, point being, to celebrate his first win with fly racing gear and a fly racing helmet, uh, we've got a formula helmet to give away. If Ben had long hair,
2: would you like him more or less? I'm, I'm trying to give away a formula helmet here. Okay. So, to enter, what you need to do is... Can I win one? Uh, probably not. Am message, I allowed like to enter? No, you, sure, fine,
3: you won't be able to get this question anyway. Message or email, so you can either message us at motocross vice on Twitter, at mxvice on Instagram, or at mxvice on Facebook. I'm going to answer it now. Go on. Or email uh, lewis.phillipps at mxwise.com. Go on. Two L's, P H on the beginning. Just email us or message us with free riders across the globe. So, any series, any championship who wear the Formula helmet. Conrad is clearly one of them. So, you're already on your way there. Actually, I just realized you can just name the free Hitachi riders, can't you? <laughs> you know what? No, because that's, that's fine, because not. That's fine. That's fine. I just want people to name free riders, wear a formula helmet. I'm entering then. And also, maybe I'll give points for creativity. Uh,
1: I'd like to submit my my answer now. Is it first
3: come, first serve?
1: Because technically, no one's going to listen to this apart from Rob first. So I could actually win it.
3: Okay, that's brilliant. Um, Entries are open until next week's show. So you've got a full seven days. That'll be Wednesday they close, depending on when you listen to this. Sounds like it's kind of closed now because I've won. And yeah, just message us uh, at MotocrossVice on Twitter. Someone's stolen the MX Vice name, which isn't very handy. Uh, At MX Vice on Instagram, at MX Vice on Facebook, and uh, Lewis, L E W I S dot Phillips, P H I double L I P S, at MXVice dot com. Email if you choose to enter that way. But either way, yeah, enter to win a Formula helmet, and we'll be giving one away next week. So thanks to. JT and Bruce and Max and everyone at Fly Racing USA for giving back to the European fans because as we've mentioned many times before there's just not not as much of this in Europe as there is in America there's just not as much opportunities for fans to get stuff like this as opposed to American fans so I'm proud and happy that we can bring this to you in association with Fly Racing and their incredible Formula Helmet Wow! back to you James Wow, if
1: anybody's still awake um, after that, I can make that a bit more exciting. You can win a fucking helmet
2: right now. All you've got to do is answer Bass Basson, Conrad Muse, and Adam Sterry. Boom. How about that, Lewis Phillips? Yeah, whatever. Right, uh, where are we? Right, let's have a break. Let's break, let's break, let's break this, this beast up. Fly Racing has redefined
1: expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Test on the most advanced equipment in the world. The Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes, as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon Technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. Big thanks to Fly Racing, Liac, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Evenstrokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterisk, Armor, and Blenzo Oils. See you soon.
0: You are listening to the MX Vice Show.
3: Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liac continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com.
1: Prox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard and state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs.
0: Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com.
3: LIAT. Protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more.
0: Fly Racing has redefined expectations
1: in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon Technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The
0: The MX Vice Show.
1: Welcome back to episode 67 of the MX Vice Show. Part two is presented by Technical Touch with an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world. The KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension like Jeremy Seawer and Wem Watson and close to home too. Visit HTTPS or slash www.technical-touch.com KYB-authorized-dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country take your ride to the next level I have actually got to get my uh, rear shock
2: ordered for my Kawasaki definitely going to change my game Lewis that's good yeah um, have you been riding much lately that's a stupid question I just like to ask it anyway because okay. it just makes me smile right I'm guessing we've
1: probably got a few questions because you could say that because we've been away for a week, so I'm pretty sure people will want to know answers. One thing I was going to ask you, any movement on Russia, or is Russia still staying?
3: We've actually got a question about that. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. okay. Well, that's,
1: that's good to know. Someone's thinking on the same, uh, on the same wavelength. wavelength yeah, as they're, prob-
3: they're probably quite concerned about that, but...
1: Mm. Okay. Um, okay. And without further ado, then...
2: Weird. Protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for
1: more. Known for producing the world's most effective net braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it's their new 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology and free bulletproof velocity goggles. Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off road gear on www.liat.com. And that takes us nicely into our section Liat Ask Vice Anything.
2: So, Lewis, hit us with some questions. (laughs) Hit us, Lewis. (laughs) Every week you read the questions.
1: I know. I thought that would be funny.
3: I thought that would be funny. Where are you laughing? It's funny. It's far too early for me to deal with you on this. This is a podcast, not a. Okay, just, okay, just, okay, I'm sorry, Lewis. I will Read me I... some questions. Read me some
1: questions. I'm sorry, Lewis, I've come into this podcast with a good mood and, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: you have, and to be honest, and you're I... much better on the you're much better on the podcast when you're in a shit mood. <laughs> so um right first time you've been in a good mood to do a podcast in months and I'm finding out that actually the grass isn't always greener on the other side. <laughs> okay, Hank Jan Lois. What would be the
1: top five in both classes in the AMA Motocross Championship?
2: Ooh, that's a good start. Hmm. Hmm. No particular order. Oh, I, I believe you thought about this one. No, I haven't. I'm just
3: saying no particular order because I already know that trying to do it in order is going to be a nightmare. No particular order.
2: Tomac, Sexton, Webb. Those three for sure. Yeah. Roxanne, no. Oh, but Osborne and Cicerella. Yeah. Tomac, Tomac, Sexton, Webb, Osborne, Cincerello. So sixth. Really? Yes. Sixth. Yes, just behind those groups. And you think? And you're going with Tomac to win? No, I said no particular order. Hang on, that doesn't work, does it? Are we not? And you can, can we not do predictions? We're not redoing it. Well, okay. If you want predictions, I will go. Hmm. See, this is what makes it interesting. Web? Web? Yes. I don't know why. Other than Wow. Other than why not? Mm, no. Web? Yeah. Okay. Web Cincerello, Osborne, Tomac, Sexton, Anstey. See that surprises me. Why? Because what about Muskin? Muskin. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. And well, what... he can have seventh. What about Sexton? Uh, I said him fifth. Okay, and what Back about Frandis? Well, he can have eighth. Really? I don't know. I don't. I've. I. It's impossible. I think Frandis is going to come out swinging. I do. Well, okay. Mm. Feel free to give us your top five at any point. Okay, my top five. Ken Roxon, You can L-O-L that, Lewis, if you want to.
3: But I'm going, I'm going with Kenny. Actually, can I clarify? I didn't put Roxon in mine because I do think he'll start the series. However, I can't confidently sit here and say he'll finish it.
2: Whatever. Uh, Tomac second. I'm going to go... Musquin third. Sexton fourth. And Osborne fifth, and then sincere. Oh shit! Did I do Frandis? I'm gonna be honest. I'm on my phone.
3: Okay. Oh well, fuck <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: it's, it's pretty. It's pretty tired. It? <laughs> I'm right, just Neymar. letting you. I'm just letting you do you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks. Uh, right. Next <laughs> question. Aaron Lewis two two five. I see Max as a seven to twelve guy outdoors. Why not top five?
2: Bike, age, what, thoughts? Uh Well, I... Oh, go on.
3: Aaron, this is a question... Surely this question should be spun back on you. You're asking why not, but you're the one who's made the statement. Yeah. He's, so, he's, Aaron, question to you.
2: Maybe Aaron wants his own podcast show. Obviously, he's not on the best team. At all. Really? Obviously, fact he's not, he's not on a
3: factory team, first of all. So, obviously, everyone, you would automatically assume that everyone who's on a factory team has got a better bike. Like, that's just the way it goes. Which yeah. is a lot of riders when you think about it. Age? No. Uh, he's 27? 28? I think he just turned 27. His birthday was in, at the end of April. I can't remember if he turned 27 or turned 28. Uh, he's, he's one of those, though? He's definitely
2: one of those. I think he can be top five. I do genuinely believe that. Like, when you think, last year, not to, like, hype train this, but last
3: year, he was coming off of an Achilles injury, which was that
2: quite serious. That was a serious. big old one. And
1: he wasn't
3: that. ready for round one. Not, not, but like he was nowhere near where he needed to be at the start of the season. Not, and not only that, he hadn't raced that Suzuki before the start of the outdoors. So now he's actually got time. He's actually got, he's got time. He's got experience. He's got some knowledge to fall back on. He's got better suspension now. So that's all positives.
2: What suspension is he running?
3: Uh Shower. Shower? Yeah, I think Shower. So all of that is positive. There's all every, so everything would indicate that he's gonna be better than last year, and last year was good. considering everything. Mm-hmm. So this year I would say that he 100 percent podiums.
2: Wow. Maybe win. That would be huge. What? Him being on a po- he was on the podium last year. Yeah, but it'd be it'd still be huge. <laughs>
3: <laughs> see preferred it when you're in a shit mood and you're <laughs> just be quiet please
2: uh, a win would be massive you know what what Max is really good he did fucking well in Supercross so yeah great Oh, you've made me lose my train of
3: thought. (laughs) Everything, everything, if you compare 2020 to 2021, everything is an improvement. The bike, although the same, has had improvements made. Uh, Age, that isn't a factor. Health-wise, 100%. Experience, 100% better. You've got to think about it. So, Max is a big notes guy. And he was going to Loretta's and he was going to Thunder Valley with no information last year. He was turning up blind. And there was no one for him to lean on. Now, he'll be turning up at Thunder Valley or turning up at Parlour or turning up at Hype, actually not Hype, wasn't on there last year, turning up at wherever, Millville, and be going, okay, last year we did this and this didn't work, but I want this, like, which will automatically make him better. Do I think he's going to win a championship? I don't think it's possible on that team. However, I do think he can be good and in the mix, more so than people probably have given him credit for.
1: It would be great. I'm actually looking forward to uh, the outdoors of maxing more than I'm actually looking forward
2: to any other championship. It's weird. I don't really know. um, It's it's weird. I don't really feel like I'm excited about it. But when I start to think about it and I think
3: about how deep both classes are, I'm like, Jesus, that will be really good.
2: Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Right, next question. Uh, Oh, another max one. At Chris Matthews 32, will max stay on the Suzuki? or could he have a better ride for next year? Spare seats at Star and Husky. Could he go Husky?
2: Um, did I hear that Bobby Hewitt could be coming back of a team? Yeah, potentially. But I don't think it'll happen next year now. I'd bet on it happening in
3: 23. There are definitely, I, I would imagine 100% the teams are interested in Max because I think he did well. I do genuinely think he did well enough in Supercross to warrant some attention from a factory team. Maybe not. But you've got to be looking at, if you're a team, you've got to be looking at him and going, well, put him, on a, put him on our bike and he'll do really well outdoors. That's a given. If he's already 13th and 12th in Supercross, it wouldn't take much for us to get him to 7th and 8th. That wouldn't take, like, because if you look at the biggest thing from the last two Supercrosses is he was 13th and 12th, but he was going with that top 10 train. Rather than being the, the front of the, Second half of the field He was the back of the first half of the field You get what I mean Of course like, There wasn't a se- there wasn't separation between him and the top 10 So it wasn't like he was the best of the rest He was with that train So yeah I, I would imagine that he has gotten some attention from, Or I imagine he will It's quite, still quite early for that Because um, you need As always you need the Big dogs The Plessinger, the Tomac, the Anderson to sign and then after that uh, that's when riders like Max can get their deal sorted out so it's still too early to really know but um, yeah um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all and also uh, if he does stay on the Suzuki next year that will be better again because the team will obviously improve but it doesn't sound like Suzuki's new bike is coming until 2023 now from
2: what I hear and at this point if who knows if it will at all okay lots, lots to you know lots to think about there I'm excited.
1: I'm excited to see where he's going to end up. Have you got any inside knowledge, Lewis? Do you want to just
3: in America podcast? I can ask him if you like. We're recording this week.
1: Ooh, it, that's, I,
3: that's longer than four weeks. I it was going you to, want to, be to recorded... keep the people waiting. It was going to be recorded last week, but oh, Max we himself requested that it was recorded this week because he had a good feeling about the last round of Supercross and wanted to talk about that. And he had his best result of the season, so he was okay. right, I guess. Okay. I'm just saying, just keeping the people waiting. It's good that he cares that much about the podcast.
1: Okay, at Chris United 93 have the current crop of European riders made career mistakes going to the US? Roxanne has won titles, but could have won more at MXGP. Same with the likes of Muskin and Tommy. Appreciate that it's their dream, etc. But
2: would some of them be better off staying? Um, I think... I would say 100% Tommy
3: would be world champion had he not gone to America. No doubt in my mind. Because because simply because the the 2008 MX2 class compared to the 2009 MX2 class is night and day different. It went from rock it, sorry, it went from Ratray Caroli, Searle in 2008 and then 2009 it was Musquin, Ann, Goncalves. Like that is a drop at the time. Obviously now we know that Paul Lamb went on to be great. Musquin's currently great. So, obviously, looking in hindsight, it sounds deep, but those were very unknown riders at the time. So, had Toby stayed and done that in two thousand and nine, there's no doubt in my mind that he would have been world champion because he would have had so much more experience, and he just would have been. It just would have. I think he would have actually dominated that season. I actually think he would have. Like, it wouldn't have been close.
2: It would have been one of the most dominant MX two seasons in recent memory. Roxon. Sure, but he still would have come up against Crowley,
3: and Crowley up until 2014 was pretty much unstoppable. So it's not a given that he would have won titles in MXGP. Although actually, I guess he would have... He probably would have gone up to MXG on a 450 by like 2013, 2012. And Masquín, yeah, you can say... I, I presume he probably would have moved up to a 450 soon after that second MX2 title. And again... I don't think it would have been a given that he would have won. Would he have won more titles? Yes. One, sure. But I don't think it would have been a given that he would have just banked title after title after title. And with the exception of Tommy, Roxanne and Musquin have got titles. They got titles after they left the World Championship. So it's not like they never saw another number one play.
2: There we go. I hope you're satisfied, Chris93, with that uh, all-encompassing Description of what and where they would have been. Thank you, Lewis Phillips. At Jack L.
1: Hyde, what are your top three Martin Davalos memories?
3: I'm going oh, to tap out on this one. This is going to be amazing. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to tap out on this
1: one.
2: Give us one. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Give us one. Uh, uh, obviously, him winning this
1: I remember title.
3: when he was born. <laughs>
1: Obviously, him winning the, the title. Yeah, that was
2: big, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you do realize he never won a title. <laughs> I, don't know if, I, don't know, I don't know if I'd say top memories,
3: but if you want the three things that immediately come into my, into my mind, which I guess means they're top, because they're the first things I think of. First thing I think of is him, 2005, on a KTM with blue MSR gear? I think it was MSR? Blue blue gear on a KTM number 577. That's the very first thing that comes into my mind. I think he won the... I think he won the 125s in Toronto when it was a World Supercross round on a KTM 577. That is my immediate first thing I think of for some reason. Second of all
2: is Phoenix 2000 and... What year would that have been? 14 maybe when he went flying through the berm or over the berm. And th- not really much to say there other than it was just a bonkers
3: crash. That comes to mind. And then also, randomly, his Washugal podium on a 450 comes to mind. There
2: on we go. 450
3: Husky. Those are the first three things that come to mind. But for some reason, always, 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 when Davalos is mentioned, I go straight back to 577 on a KTM. And I don't really know why. It's just what my brain does. Maybe you're just masturbating it at a time. I'd, I'd imagine that that was the first time I'd ever heard of him or like properly seen him. So then that just kind of became like engraved in my mind. Mm. You got, do you remember him on a five seven seven on a KTM, James? No, I got to be
1: honest.
2: Um, no, no, no. So let's let's quickly move on. At Chris MC with a lot of numbers. How
1: come writers have social media accounts yet don't respond or interact to posts from the followers?
2: How come people who send in questions have 3009... Is that like his bank account number? I thought this was an interesting one. Because, okay, they can't reply to everyone. Not possible. But sometimes... Ben recently did a, one of those, ask. Ask Ben? You know, the Instagram story things
3: where you type in the question, like ask thing on Instagram stories and then you reply to them. Yeah. And when I was reading the answers, it was actually genuinely interesting.
1: But was all the questions
3: from you? One of them was. (laughs) 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 Oh, friends. No, I'm joking. friends. But no, so like, okay, so maybe riders can do more like that, but to expect them to reply to every message or whatever from followers is just ridiculous. But I think there more can be done, especially in Europe on the interaction side. And actually, I've got an idea. So you know, in the Vlandering podcast and on this podcast, I've talked about like ways of making the MXGP production more like spectacular. Yeah. So if we're going to stick with this one day format, the pits is the pits are open on a Saturday and it's like a pit party essentially. Uh, the riders are there signing, everyone's relaxed. Like pits are open on a Saturday, you close the pits on a Sunday because then it's serious race time. And then the pits are open for more uh, media content. Not not MX vice wise. I'm more talking television wise, like a paddock walk, thirty minutes before the first moto and that sort of stuff. Not really sure what how that's relevant, but just a random. I came up with uh, when I was thinking to myself the other day
2: right okay do you like that? not really no it's a shit idea I think uh, it's difficult I think more and more writers
1: are using other people now to help them with their their social media I think that's a good move um,
2: as long as they still got sort of uh, you know control over it and and are able to get across their personality I think that's key I think uh, I think just documenting more,
1: you know, taking photos of what they're doing, little little video chats and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of stuff which they could and should be doing, especially for sponsors, and also for fans. I mean, we've always talked about um, riders with rider merchandise.
2: It's like I, I think there could be. I think the whole social media. Um, look, let's listen. Look at it this way
1: influencers who are absolutely got nothing to offer and making millions so why can't a rider who's at the top of their game and an incredibly like interesting sport which you know has so many different aspects and things happening why can't they just spend a bit more time creating cool content and producing this and make money so I kind of see that social medias Everybody's moaning about our oh, riders not getting paid and stuff.
2: They can get paid. So, it's called social media, and they can earn a lot of money from it. I don't know. Just, just my fault. Yeah. At Pasha Badger, good name. I like that. Badger. Comrade
1: Muse looked unreal and so fast in the first race at Cullum, but does he have a mental block with putting together two good motos? GPS seem to go that way for him.
3: Uh, I think there's no uh, actually no there's There's no point hiding from it he said in the past that he's had a bit of a mental block um, in GPs especially on the start however everything sounds really positive this off season everything sounds very good and I think there were shades last year that he was kind of past that because there were fast laps and there were good qualifying times and there were times when he ripped through the field like ridiculously. There are also times when he didn't. So, and I'm sure it'll be the same this year. There'll be some motors that are amazing and some that are probably a bit of a struggle and everyone's wondering what's going on a little bit. But I think the highs are now, I think the highs can now be higher than ever before.
2: And I think the lows won't be as low, if that makes sense. The interesting thing is obviously you've got Vial, you've got Benestant coming through, you've got Guadagini. Uh, you got Gertz, you got Van Moosdyk. Do you think... Do you think he could end top three the championship? I think that's a step too far, purely because Vial...
3: Well, Vial's going to be in there. Gertz would presumably be in there. And then you've got one other spot. And I guess, okay, maybe he could have that other spot, but then also that other spot is... Quite um, hotly contested with beaten. Oh um, shit!
2: Yeah, I forgot beaten. Uh, beaten. Guardaginini. Hoffen. Hoffer, I said gertz Renault. Shit. Renault. Gifting. Fernandez is going to be Lagenfelder. Wild.
3: Lagenfelder. Are you? Funny how this podcast progresses, innit? Do you remember when I was going on about Lagenfelder being the most German word ever? Yes. Yeah, it's funny how the podcast progresses, isn't it? I completely forgot about that. Okay. And also now wondering why... That you even right got here.
2: there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I believe maybe we should dish out Blenzel performance of the week to Comrade Muse. Thoughts?
3: 100%. I think um, Blenzo were committed to top performance and uh, Comrade had a top performance. So, that's a perfect fit, I think. Okay, for over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Castor
1: Oil has been a secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varna and factory-level riders like Marcolessi, who won the 2022 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of castor-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label, Racing Castor, to the 455 Ultra, or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop for Blenzel's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke racing lubricants, visit blenzel.com and follow at Blenzel on Instagram. There we have it. Right back to our liat, ask Vice anything questions. Richard MX Brang. I have not seen much info on the lap times, etc. from MXGB.
3: What was the lap times difference front riders to the back? So as far as I can tell, MXGB are using... A different system this year to SpeedHive or MyLapse. Like, I don't actually know how that works. Like, it's so SpeedHive is MyLapse. It's just a different name. Uh, I don't know. It's, a it's a always confusing. People me. were not very happy. Okay, that's, but that's not the point right now. So they're using this race monitor thing, which I've never used before, but found it. Different. And as far as I can tell, maybe I'm looking in the wrong places, but it doesn't seem like you can get um like individual rider lap times or lap charts and stuff from that system which is obviously so yeah that information isn't really around but you can see the best lap time per rider per race and I think the difference in uh, I've actually got it written down because I was in the middle
2: of doing something um, before James rudely interrupted me with this podcast sorry for that
3: uh, the, be- the difference in best laps in MX2 Moto2 was 28
2: seconds in a lap time yes is that legal it's it's not it's quite a normal thing. You've got to think the British Championship. You've got you've got a mix of people
3: who we're just talking about potentially winning GPs this year, and then you've got people who would never dream of even entering a GP. Like it's quite a normal thing for any national champion. Well,
1: yeah, it's, that's true actually, um, because you've got people who are coming up off of MXY two in their rookie seasons.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's some people who there's some people who would never. If you went to them, are you going to enter a GP? They would literally be like, "Why would I do that?". That's insane. That's yeah. not... That's way out of my um, my realm. And then the difference in uh, best lap times, MX1 Rise, MX1 Wise in Moto2 was Adam Steria, the best lap time, 218.418. And then the worst lap time, or the worst best lap time, was Kieran Genge with a 2.42. What uh, So 2.18 to 2.42. What's that? 20... It's not too bad. Four. 24 yeah. seconds? Yeah, 24 seconds. Um, best lap time to best lap time. So I'm actually not sure what. i am actually be interested. Do you want me to look at this quick? I'm interested to see what that looks like at a GP. Yeah, yeah, do it. Um, MX2 Moto 2 at the final GP of the season. Best lap time was uh, Isaac. No, was Tom Vial with a 145.320. And the worst lap time was Leonardo Angelli with a 153. So seven seconds. What? Did you say 153? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said, <laughs> I thought it was
1: like 253.
3: <laughs> no, that's, I'll tell you what, you never really look at that, but that's quite impressive. Like seven seconds, I guess seven seconds is a lot in a lap. Like that's still, you lap in seven seconds, a lap slower, you're still getting lapped within. Uh, it's, only, it's only fucking up seven corners, isn't it? And you lose a second in each
2: corner. Oh, Jesus. Have you ever thought about training riders? Okay, jumps for show, corner for dough, baby. Mm. Uh, you're all about show, aren't you? No. Oh, okay. What, you you, you got your corners dialed in, did you? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Okay, so uh, Tosh4Dawson25,
1: MXGB. Oh, hang on. MXGB, why, what's that? Has a series started already? Somebody should have said, oh, wait a minute.
3: Okay,
2: I would like to take the floor here. If you don't mind. Carry on. Because... Uh, I'm guessing... Of, no, can, do you mind, I just said I'd, you just
3: told me to carry on and now you're talking. But I'm just Both guessing teams. they did get Blenzel performance of the week. So, obviously, there was a lot of criticism and there's just there was a lot of criticism towards the British Championship at the weekend because there were a lot of teething problems uh, with round one, such as uh, results not working, results not being shared, live stream had problems. All of this stuff, which, which impacted people at home more so than people at the track. So there's also been a bit of disconnect on social media because people at the tra- who were at the track or actually participating have said like it was a really good event and everything. And then people at home are like, was it? There's a real disconnect there between 50% of people seem to have the best time ever and then 50% of people are very confused and angry. And that's fine. I have no doubt that the event itself was good if you were there. I have no doubt because RHL know how to run an event. That's and even looking if you look at the um if you look at the presentation of the event as far as banners and tracks and uh, banners and flags and stuff it did look a lot better than any previous british Championship,
2: so that was definitely a step forward. However you can't you can't hide from the fact that there were issues and
3: you have to come out and confront those because, put simply, not sharing the results from a national championship isn't acceptable. And that's not my opinion. That isn't, I'm not saying this through hatred. I'm not saying this through having a vendetta because that is also the problem. And I, I, I can I completely understand where it comes from. If, you, if I or you, or if anyone, you being the general people listening to this, no, I'm not talking to you, James, if, if people say something negative like that, then it immediately comes off. It's, it's you're branded a hater. It's a hate comment. Oh, disrespectful It's a hate comment. Think but that is a completely acceptable statement for me, for the fans, for anyone to say that you would like results to be available and posted on social media as the event happens. That is completely fine. But the fact is that, I, I, kind of, I've always thought this. I think it comes across. I think it comes from the point of view of the British Championship or Britain. British motocross is so much smaller that opinions travel further, and they aren't, and therefore they aren't as accepted. They also aren't as many opinions going around. For instance, Supercross. A lot of American media people, industry people, have been complaining about the race day live program all year. Now it's worked, but they complain about the production. They complain about the cameras. They complain about All of that, that just the general production, the actual system works, but people complain about the kind of inner workings of it. They They don't get hate messages. They don't get slammed. They don't get told they have no idea what they're talking about and they don't know how to run an event. That doesn't happen. They're just, they are allowed to broadcast their opinion and it doesn't create anything. Nothing comes of it. Because that is what the world is. You have opinions, it comes of it. Put simply, last podcast, I sat here and I said that personally, I did not want to pay £35 for a press pass. My personal opinion, I didn't say that no one should. I didn't say that anyone who does it is crazy. I didn't say that it's the most ridiculous thing ever and everyone should fuck off who's doing it and terrible. I just said that personally, I won't be doing that because I just, personally, that's just my decision. But that's all. I didn't say that, oh, they don't know how to run an event. I didn't say any of that. But yet, that got taken as a hate comment, and oh, just dissing, got a vendetta, oh, I don't know what his
2: problem is. Like, no, no, it's just an opinion. But yet, it's like, I don't know, it's like, they just, opinions aren't accepted very well in British motocross, and I don't
3: really know why. So I kind of got off track there. But even tr- while we're recording this podcast, a statement has just come out about the live stream. So, American people and everything are probably uh, very confused. So, backstory British Motocross has never had a live stream, it's just never happened. This year was the first time it's been introduced, and it cost five pounds, which is like $6 uh, per round. But the second, no one could watch the second motos because for some reason the system locked everyone who had paid out.
2: Now, you can imagine the shit, the shit storm if this had happened in America. Call blimey. So there was obviously a shit storm in Britain as well. So now uh, a statement's come out that says
3: they would like to apologize for the issues that we've received with the broadcast, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there were a large number of issues. There were a large number of users who were sharing the passwords around, which caused test technical issues with the system, with one user sharing around 60 times blind me. that person's popular. We appreciate the frustration with this. However, this was out of our hands and the production team have worked tirelessly to resolve this. We also found some users, we also found some users when experienced issues were trying to log on to another device which resulted in accounts being stopped as the system is geared to one device at a time. All the footage from the weekend will be available to watch on demand this week. So please stay tuned for an email to provide further details on this. So I'm not getting a refund, which is a shame but fair, fair play because that apology was needed maybe a little sooner than Wednesday in this day and age, but good that that's come out. One final thing I've got to say, which I've just forgotten, but I reading that something tweaked my memory and I was like, that's worth talking about. The PR that came out, the official race report from the series stated, and I quote, Conrad Muse took home the crown in the overall championship. That kind of says that Conrad is the champion after round one of eight, now,
2: Congratulations, Conrad. You,
3: you, people, like, people have to be accountable for that. You you can't, it's almost like bringing that up is a worthy thing to bring up because someone has been paid to write that They and someone has to hold their hands up and go, you know what, I fucked up there, and that's it. But the fact that that has gone out just isn't very good, and... It kind of goes back, I guess, to what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast in a funny roundabout, right? No one wants to write anymore. So it's left to people like me, who say that Conrad News took home the crown in the overall championship. Which, like, that's not... The people are allowed to demand that stuff like that doesn't happen because people are allowed to demand that better is...
2: That better would be better. That's, that is... that is that is the slogan I'm going with. Better is better. It, so yeah. Wow, have you have you been thinking about this for a while?
3: No, I just I just think that all of that had to and I don't think anything I said there was out of order. I didn't even actually say I didn't actually really target anyone or anything. Did I? No, or did I? No, I I just, I, it was I, just kind of justif- I just kind of justified what I said previously and just said that Yeah mistakes like that, like Conrad Mews took home the crown in the overall championship, that, there is no excuse for that, that isn't a debate that is a, you know what, I fucked up, that's a problem, like I'm sorry, and then everyone moves on but it's, but it's almost like if you bring that up, it's like, well why are you bring that up, why bring like, oh, that, why would you bring that up, that's oh, oh, Vendetta, hate crime. Ugh. so yeah bring on MXGP, I guess yeah Am I getting the Blends All Performance of the Week for that? I don't know. You know <laughs> oh, how long was I talking? I I, I don't know. It's Thursday. I, have GP started. It, oh shit! I, I, oh, it's dark. I I don't know where to go. Hold on, I might have. Hold on, I might have that can help. Um, what have I got here? Something that can help. Uh, well, could, oh, here we go. This might be out of help. Oh my God! Who the hell? I'm sorry, I know no one cared what I had to say there But you know what? I hold my hands up Maybe people didn't care what I had to say there Maybe I went too long That was my mistake I hold my hands up and I apologise See? Okay (laughs) 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 I, I, I can't cope (laughs) <laughs> that was quite fun.
1: Anyway, moving on. Yes. Uh, thank you. Liat has taken another step forward with the introduction of another boot to their range. The all-new 4.5. This boot offers many of the features from the super successful Liat 5.5 flex boot. With advanced technology, like the slide lock closure system and extended foot peg riding zone, but at a mid-range price point, 4.5 boots are available worldwide for £254 or €299. And it's not just boots. Liat offer protection head to toe. The new 7.5 helmet does come with the Velocity goggles free. And not only that, they are known for one of the world's best neck braces. Huge thank you to Liat for sponsoring this Ask Vice Anything. And I believe that Liat probably just got their money's worth with the one hour long uh, Lewis Phillips segment.
3: So that's great. I, I think it was more like seven minutes. Seven. Although I am, light- I am lightheaded. Se- seven minutes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> have I gone back? Did, into- I don't know whether you took a breath. I want my youth back and I also want my
1: last seven minutes back. Uh, I, this is where you need to start taking armor. You should have done some armor blitz and, and fire, it would have helped you through these situations. Actually, well, do you know what's interesting? In the evening now, I take a little bit of armor. Blitz and uh, fire because it helps me when I get a little bit tired at night. And, you know, I start my second shift, take a little bit of that. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt, and I'm doing another load of work. So uh, it's not just on the bike, it's also off the bike. It
3: helps. Anyway, I'm sorry about that. I probably should have, oh, I should have missed an opportunity. With that. Can we not have that at a funeral music like I suggested? Everybody agreed with me. No. Anyway, moving on. I don't even know. Honestly, I have no idea what we're doing here. I have no idea what's coming next. I'm kind of lost. Well, uh, uh, do you, do you, do you want to you talk about, say? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go for another...
1: Uh, do you want to go for a break now and then we'll come back with the Arma, Smarter, and the Birth game? Um, or do you want to just smash that game out now and we call it a day? No, I do, uh, let's do an advert. Okay, you're, you're just enjoying this, aren't you?
3: You just want no, to spend um, more time with me. No, because um, we need to end part two so that we can start part three, which is presented by Prox Performance Parts. and the Great guys over there at Race Winning Brands.
1: They have. And uh, as we speak, a delivery has just landed from Prox. Good work.
3: Okay. Uh, let's thank
1: our sponsors, Fly Racing, Layout, Planet Moto, Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Evenstrokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterisk, Armour, and Blenzel Oils. Huge thank you to Technical Touch for presenting part two with an air oil-separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world The KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension like Jeremy Seward and Ben Watson, and close to home too. Visit www.technical-touch.com KYB hyphen authorized hyphen dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level.
0: We're going to go for a wee wee break. See you soon. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in Motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com.
3: Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com.
1: For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram instagram
0: The MX M- M- Show. M- Welcome back to
1: episode sixty-seven of the MX Vice Show podcast. Always good to be back. Good to chat to Lewis. I feel like it's been a while, and obviously he's another year older, as you've uh, all well known. This section is brought to you by Prox Performance Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox Parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Interesting thing, Lewis, is that pretty much the majority of teams
3: in the MXGB paddock run Prox Parts. Yeah, if you want to go off the top of my head, um, Dixon, Honda 114, Gavin. essentially... And- Essentially, any team that is not factory and looking to be factory, you have to go to Prox. You don't really have another option. If you if you don't have access to factory equipment, but you want to get to that level, you have to contact Prox.
2: Yeah, Simple. and
1: you can always notice uh, a, a sponsor. Better is better, and that is Prox. And you can always notice uh, Prox teams run the, the 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 cross on the. I think it's a, a cross on the front of the on the. So you a get team
3: told me last year that Americans say it Pro X, and it's only and but Europeans say Prox.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's correct.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. just blew my mind a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, if
2: you if again if you look at the uh, the domain name Pro hyphen X, x dot com. So there we go. Uh, anyway,
1: so uh, and not only that, but interestingly, it even strokes. We've been talking to customers, and because there's been You know, I don't know if you know Lewis, um, but obviously there was a Suez Canal. There's lots of things what's been going on, COVID, loads of shit, what's been going on in the world. I know you're not familiar with all this stuff. However, this has had knock on effects to lots of the industry. So, um, for instance, like people like Rentful and, you know, other brands, Talon and and stuff like that, they've all been struggling to get sort of metals, parts, bits and pieces, or whatever. So, um, interestingly, when people have been coming through and buying their usual, uh what you know traditionally what they've bought we've been offering them prox parts because we've had uh we we carry quite a lot of stock, and interestingly, the feedback has been uh unreal you know once uh, once they've tried prox or pro x they are not going back so um that's what's been interesting uh for me is the fact that the quality of the products so if you do get a chance to to test some parts, you can save a little bit of money, but you don't. Necessarily have to compromise on the quality because the quality is very, very good. Loads of dealers in the UK, uh, loads of dealers in Europe. So uh, head over to pro-x.com. Do you want to do the game now, or do you want to discuss some more? How are you feeling? Because obviously you
2: you, you spent a lot of energy in the previous part of the show. Um, have you got a planet show of the week? Well, interestingly. Are um, you nice? No, uh,
1: it's, it's not so much a Planet Motor bombshell of the week, but I floated the idea a couple of episodes ago of um, possibly uh, going over to Spain. And I've been talking to Max from Planet Motor Holidays, and he's actually given us um, some dates. Uh, and I think one of the weeks, maybe, I think is about December the 9th. And I'm kind of thinking, Let's book it. Let's do it. Let's go. So the M- guys from MX Vice, we go over. Um, I'm thinking we go ride in. I'm thinking that we open this up to, we've got to speak to Max, but I'm hoping probably about 15 people. Uh, we'll get prices and everything else, but we have like a, an, either an MX Vice week or an MX Vice weekend. And uh, we go ride in. we bench race, we sit around a campfire cooking marshmallows, and Lewis can invigorate you with stories of Josh Coppins and Ben Tangley whilst living in New Zealand. All whilst riding, having fun, doing stupid shit because I'm there. Um, Lewis frowning at me a lot, and possibly recording a podcast show. What say you, Philip? I'm not available on December 9th. That's good, because you have to go anyway. Um, so, so I'll be in Indonesia.
2: What, December 9th? Yes. Uh, really? Yeah, the GP's end on December the 6th in Indonesia. No. Okay,
1: well, we'll just make sure that... <laughs> I, like how you thought, I
3: like how you had to say really, like that was just a random
1: comment. Like, well, first... I got you. Can, can, can I just explain something? Uh, and I, I, I just want to let you down gently. That's not happening.
3: I will be in Bali in December.
1: You might be in Bali, but there will be no GP. Oh, I don't know. If people think there's going to be a GP in Bali, in fucking December, you're out of your mind.
2: Okay? I don't okay. care what's put down on a, on a fucking HTML page. That ain't happening.
3: I think you're wrong.
1: Well, we'll see. Come December when you're in fucking Spain with me, that's
3: when we'll see. That sounds like a really outlandish opinion. Almost like...
2: What's the fucking thunder for? Um, it's a bombshell. Oh. How is that? How is that it's thunder? thunder. You All
3: you need is a fucking cracker lightning. No, because the bomb goes off and then you hear debris hit the floor as in like. Where was the debris? Listen, after the initial explosion. There's the explosion. Yeah. Now. There's no fucking debris.
1: I need to. I, it I was need
3: an, an echo of an explosion. Okay, I, I'm going to go back and listen to what the sound effects sound like on your end because I'm not being end, funny, right? A bombshell. This thing called the internet
1: is pretty fucking big. And you're telling me that is the best bomb you can come up with. I'm not being funny. You aren't you are funny because that, that, the inaccuracy of that sound bite is, is ridiculous.
3: I'm not, being, I'm not being funny, right? But if you want to go on ride in Spain, then you better call Planet Moto because escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. And you can still experience that right now. Right now. Especially coming up as things get a bit, get a bit better. Planet Moto still have packages available plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. There's a lot going on at Planet Moto, quite clearly. James is trying to worm his way into just getting away. Uh, get involved not you, James, and hit tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible by visiting planetmoto.co. That was your... Thunder.
2: Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Planet Moto Thunder of the week. Okay. Fucking hell. Well, I'm I'm just saying, you're not
1: going to... Anyway, you're not going to Bali. Bali's cancelled and you're in Spain now.
3: Armour you uh, this so, armor you smarter than a birth? See? Armour you smarter
1: than above. That's just you trying to exercise your authority again.
2: Well, by bringing I will, me down I will by be playing hosting this, this game soon enough. Right. Do you want to do that now?
3: Of course I do. I just think it's time we find out whether you armor smarter than a birth. I tell you what, still, me naming this game Armour You Smarter than a Birth, genius. Armour! is an action and adventure lifestyle-driven brand founded by action sports industry veterans. Armor recognized a void in the marketplace and created a complete line of nutritional supplements formulated, especially to help athletes and enthusiasts of all levels realize their maximum potential. Armor's products were developed and tested in real-world conditions by an all-star team of athlete owners that includes Jeremy McGrath, Chad Reed, and Nick Way. Armor! It's now available in Europe and we will share a link with the show this week on social media as we've been doing previously and a lot of you have found it so that seems to work well. Leave nothing on the table. Choose armour. How much will be left on the table here? Let's find out. Ooh. (laughs) Question. (laughs) What the hell was that? What was that last bit? Ooh. Ooh. It's uh, it's drama. Uh,
2: You're clearly not in the showbiz industry. Question one. (laughs) I'm not, yes. Question one. Okay, let's go.
3: Devin Evertz... Yep, knowing. Has, ...has not won a Grand Prix... Shut up. ...in one of these countries. Shut up. Which one is it? A. Kazakhstan. Gonna to, okay, you're going to have to let me... Okay, the way... You're yes, the show, yes. Is it is! The way the game works is that I save a question and then you answer it because you can't answer a question you haven't heard yet. Stefan Evans has not won a Grand Prix in one of these countries. Which one is it? A.
2: Guatemala B. Venezuela C. Turkey I, I'm just still blown away that there was a Guatemala and Venezuela GP. No, he's won at two of them, but one of them is wrong. Oh, fuck it, i was absolutely blown away. But what's your answer? Turkey.
3: Because you, you, you saw that was a trick question and I would have put, you saw through that I put down the one event that currently runs as a trap. It's because I know you. Damn it. I yeah, know that's you. He's won in Guatemala and Venezuela. I think he's actually won twice in Venezuela if I remember right. When was the last time there was a Venezuelan GP? Oh, I don't know. 1997, I think. Question two. Fucking hell. That was a complete <laughs> guess. Around there. Question two. You're one for one so far. You need four points to win, six points on the table. Question two. What bike was David Philippart's riding when he won his first Grand Prix in the MX1 class?
2: Uh, I'm going to say... It's going to be between two. I'm going to go Yamaha. Oh, that's wrong. KTM? That's wrong. That's KTM, yes. He won
3: one Grand he won one Grand Prix on a KTM, uh, 2007 Toussaintal. Oh, I was going to... It was between those two. Yeah, one on a KTM, then all of his others came on Yamaha. Question: Do I three. get half a point? Absolutely not. Question three. Who won the final moto in the 2007 MX1 Championship? Hint! Hint! He rode a Yamaha and wore four gear. Hmm. Hmm. Who won the final moto in 2007 MX1?
1: Well, are you tricking me again to say David Philiparts? And then you're going to say... Hint? Yeah, uh, David Philippars. No.
3: Oh, this is why. How is that a trick? I, at no point did I hint, but it was Philippars. Well, why did you say I, hint then? I said, no, I said, who, was the fi- who won the final moto in 2007 MX1? Hint, he rode a Yamaha in four gear how is that relating? At what point there am I trying to tell you it's filler Because you're saying hint,
1: as in this is a connection to the previous question.
3: No, I'm saying hint, as in I'm saying... <laughs> I'm saying hint, as in what I'm about to say is a hint, and the hint is he rode a Yamaha in four years.
1: Well, you need, to, say- you need to explain this way better, don't you?
3: How do you, like... You're trying to help
1: me, but hinder me at the same same time.
3: Okay, now you know it's not Philaparts. Who won the final moto in 2007 MX1? Hint following, <laughs> he rode a Yamaha with four gear. I still don't know. <laughs> uh, Caroli. That's completely
1: wrong. Yeah, because he was in MX2. <laughs>
3: And he also has also never worn four gear.
1: Um, you, where's
2: four gear now? Uh, Josh Coppins. <laughs> no. Um, fuck. Mark Deruver. I know, I could have been there all fucking day for that one. Well, I mean, I, I said he wore, he
3: wore four gear on a Yamaha. It would have been, been either him or Coppins. So. Question four. You're one for three so far. Mm, yeah, I'm not going like to lie to you. It's not looking good. You it's need
2: not. to nail the next two questions to win. Question four. Suzuki had one overall win
3: in the 2005 MX1 Championship. Who won that for them? Sorry, say that again. Suzuki had one overall win in the
2: 2005 MX1 Championship. Which rider got that for them? What year? 2005 MX1. Steve Ramon. No, 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 no! He was on a KTM at that point. I thought you'd get that; it's obvious. No, hello, hello, <laughs> Ricky Carmichael, Kevin Strybos. Oh, see, oh, ai, ai, ai. <laughs> it's gone terribly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Question I, do, do you know five.
1: What? I I I do two things because I've got an email on one. And I'm doing a Java update on my, on my laptop, so uh, I was a little bit um, preoccupied.
3: Well, I'm sure the listeners and the sponsors are all very glad to hear that you're putting in absolutely no effort, especially Armour, who are listening to their game being shit on. Question five, for double points, two points on the table, you have 30 seconds. I still I can't win though, li- can I? No. No,
1: so what's the fucking point in playing anymore?
3: Okay, for three points and the win, for this week only. See if you want to be like that. List eight of Kawasaki's Moto winners in MX1 and MXGP since 2004. We've done, done this have
2: before. Se- no, not Kawasaki. Yeah, we have. have. We've done it with Honda. Are you sure? Certain. MXGP winners or MX2? MXGP. Okay. Certain we haven't done it before. Am I allowed to just say a load of names? You have
3: 30 seconds to do your working out. You seem to struggle with, with this every week. Come back to us when the music runs out. Don't say anything until then. Just think about it. Okay, your time for question five begins now. I wonder if we have done this question before. We have. Well, you should get it right then. But I'm not going to. I think we both know that. No, we haven't done this before. <laughs> that was the uh, countdown studio blowing up at the end of a timer. It was a bomb ticking down. Is That's this out. murder wins or... Uh... That's actually quite clever. In the future, the countdown clock will now be the bomb. And then the bomb is going to... Uh this is o- moto winners, yes. Moto wins, not overalls. Yeah, although looking at it, every single one of these riders except the two has won an overall. Hmm. With Kawasaki. So it's only two of them that are moto winners specific. That helps. Anyway, your time is up. What names have you
2: got? There are I want you to list eight. You have eleven options. Uh okay. Uh okay. I've got Paul yeah. Ann. That's correct. One. DeSalle? Two. Porcel. Which one? Uh, Seb. Correct. Three. Tomac. Correct. Four. Come on! Come on! You can do it. Uh. You said Porcel. What about the other one? Oh, Christoph Porcel. Yep. Five. Yes. Free
1: to get. Come on. Uh. Is there more American riders?
3: I'm not giving you that. I've literally just helped giving you an answer. So no one not help you anymore. Correct. Six. Two to get. Oh, two to get. Oh. <laughs> this is exciting. Uh,
2: uh, two to
3: get. You've had Seb Porcel, Christoph Porcel, Goethe Paul and Ryan Villapoto.
2: Oh. Uh, Frossard. No. Oh. Uh, two to get. Uh, Van Horbeek. No! (laughs) Two to get. (laughs) One of them is so obvious. Uh, Cyril? No. I don't know. I don't know. Are you giving up? Yeah. I can't think of another fucking Kawasaki rider. Okay. Thanks for your efforts. I uh, would
3: like to now reveal that you could have had Right. Billy McKenzie. Oh, bollocks. Japan, yeah. Fuck's sake. Tannel Leok? Oh fucking owl.
1: I have had uh, this question before.
3: Xavier Boog.
1: Oh for f- yeah,
2: we've we've done this question before.
3: Well, it clearly doesn't help. Uh did you said said Villapoto, didn't you?
2: Yeah. Josh Grant? Yeah, I would never get that one. Eli Tomac. I said Tomac. And the one you didn't say? Are you ready? Yeah. Roman Fevra. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, we definitely had that one before, but well, it, still could, it, it just
4: shows
1: you. It just shows you that if I don't know, I don't know.
3: <laughs> and now, as a special add-on, oh
1: great.
2: To
3: arm you, smarter than a birth. Yeah. Question six, but not for you, James. Oh, for the listeners. Uh, we have an MXGP TV code to give away. I believe it's for the full season. I'd imagine so, but <laughs> be them if it's not. So an MXGP TV code for the full season, a nice bit of money saved through Vice here. To enter, all you have to do is message us, tweet us, comment on social media, or email me with the answer to this question, and you will be entered. Uh, Are can, you ready? Can I, can I just mention, we will
1: give away three RMS sample packs as well. One for Instagram, one for Facebook, and one for Twitter as runner-ups.
3: We're fourteen ninety nine. Thanks for really overcomplicating this. Okay, question six for the fans. The question that you have to answer is this: from two thousand and four to now, Yamaha did not win a single MX one slash MXGP moto in just one of those seasons. One season they went winless on the four hundred and fifty. Tweet us, comment us, message us with the answer to what season that was. Was it 2010? For you again. From 2004 to now, Yamaha did not win a single MX1 MXGP Moto in just one of those seasons. Was it 2010? Name the season that they went winless with their 450. What's that, James? 2010? It was just adamant that you must interrupt me whenever I'm doing a competition. No, it wasn't 2010.
1: So everybody out there, it wasn't 2010. 2011.
3: 2010. I think that would have been the year that was that the year that Filipparts uh, won in Mexico. No, it's 2011. Well, it's not 2011. No, it's not
2: 2011.
1: thank giving... so <laughs> <laughs> me later, people. Thank me later. It's got to be 2012
3: then. I'm not playing this game with you anymore. Anyway, James, I'm. Let's not get away from the fact that on this occasion, you you failed once again at uh, armor. Armor, you smarter than a bird? You're not.
1: Do you know what? This is actually this this is a real low point now because the fact that I'd already been asked these questions and still didn't get it right
3: I'm so, was the closest know, I'm ever age- going to
1: get to winning this fucking competition again.
3: No, I don't think you did have that question because I think I asked you whether I asked you before like about Xavier Boog winning his moto but it wasn't list all of Kawasaki's winners because I remember I said one of these riders has won a moto for Kawasaki and then listed three and you had to guess one but nothing like
1: Mm. that if you think that Lewis is wrong and I'm right and you can remember what episode it is then please let us know
3: holy moly we've given away well we're giving away a fly formula helmet we're giving away an MXGP TV code, and we're giving away free armor sample packet. So what's that, 700 quid? That's probably more than that in total. I think MXGP is over 100, isn't it? Yeah. What's the Fly Formula Helmet retail co- co- I don't actually know what it retails at, Is it 400? Like, I don't know what it retails at, James. It's a high-end helmet with high-end technology and revolutionary... Rayon technology, Lewis. Rayon. Revolutionary, um, revolutionary elements. So you, you get the best, you pay for the best. But um, yeah, lots given away on the uh, MXY show this week. So nah.
1: enjoy that. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode, uh, presented by Prox Racing Parts, and thank you to Fly Racing, Liat Planet, Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP Hyphen TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterisk, Armor, and Blenzel Oils. What can we expect this week, Phillips of the Lewis?
3: Um. <laughs> Uh, this weekend is the Italian championship at Montevarchi. Hoffa's doing it. Lagenfelder is doing it. Okay.
2: Is is that uh, Hoffers first first pre yep. like race? Okay, that'd be interesting yep. to see. I believe it's just Hoffer
3: though. Although I, I, uh, maybe Guadagini? No, I don't think so. Maybe though. But That's I think weird. Like you would have thought No, because Hoffa's in the other side of the awning. No, I'm just saying that. Italian championship, they're based in Italy. Well, maybe eh? he will, but at the moment, the entries are now. And I but I know that Hoffa and Lagenfelder will be there, okay. Um, and I'm sure a few others will show up as well. Montevarchi, obviously, um, an old GP track, so. okay. Um, have you been talking to any riders this week? No, no, not it's not particularly a bit quiet in. on the whole uh, on the whole GP
1: thing since you got back from Belgium.
3: Yeah, there's kind of not um, it's not much happening, is there at the moment? No. But we move, we move. Um, I've got some good things lined up, so I'm going to get to work now that you've just wasted many hours of my time on this podcast. Yeah, no worries. That's what I'm here for. Like, this is where this is where um, once we eventually get back to live it will be quite handy because what people don't realise is obviously with live, you record for as long as you're live for but on this podcast, like when in that last advert break, James went I'm just going to go to the toilet quick and didn't return for 15 minutes and I was just sat here. So he wastes a lot of my time. As well wow. as my youth, as well as stealing my youth, he also continues to steal my time.
1: Well, interestingly, after I listened to your uh, seven-minute epilogue, I had to go and lie down, uh, take some tablets, you know, and you what, get my zen back.
3: After my seven-minute speech, people have already compared me to a modern-day Morgan Freeman.
1: Well, that's interesting because no one's fucking heard this apart from me and you at this point. I've I've rehearsed. I go into Wirving Town Centre with a bell. Like, hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> I've seen some videos of you in Wirtham Town Centre with your
3: bell. Hear ye, hear ye, I have something to say. <laughs> I will it's, not it's be a paying my £35. Pound. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Line up. <laughs>
1: that's funny if you've seen that video that's funny uh,
3: no one cares you've gone on about that video for years no one cares anymore You're, you know what James I'm going to end on this is the last thing I'm saying on this week's podcast do you want to know what podcast what's a podcast what, what would, do you want to know what would be so James James is the type of person where next week he will do the ice bucket challenge on his Facebook and be like I'm so just with the times I'm just so with the times that's James and I'm off see you everyone <laughs> <laughs> you're such a dick. Absolute. You are though. You would, I could see you, I could I could see myself just logging onto Facebook one day. And oh, James Burfield, hi guys, I'm just doing the ice bucket challenge. Like, brilliant, you just, nice you're one. You're just so you're bet- only five years
1: too late. Do you know what? I, I admire you for being that passionate about Werven. You are so you honestly you're so defensive about Werrivan. I really couldn't care less. Noshing off I'm- does not happen in my tank. We have no, I never said that, just, it's
3: the fact that you like to cling on to, you're a big fan of clinging on to stuff.
1: I'm just saying, it still makes me laugh, that's all. So, yeah. And, and you just said that you were in Worthing Town Centre with your bell out, so...
3: Yeah, going, hear ye, hear ye, ba-bing, bing Yeah, I, I bet you were binging everywhere. I don't seem to have a bell sound drop, so I can't really tell you what it sounded like.
1: Um, I, I'm glad we had got to listen to your bell doing a sound drop.
3: Luckily, I've never been into Worthing and it's gone. That'd be dangerous, wouldn't it? What, thunder? <laughs> no bombshell.
1: <laughs> right, that's it. Let's go. Let's do some work. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast. It was good to be back. And uh, we just need some shit to happen now. I'm, I'm,
3: I'm ready for GPs. Are you well, ready for GPs? I'm not being... Wait, hold on. Let me what? Up a, what? I thought you were gone. Well, you just asked me if I'm ready for GPS. so clearly you didn't think that. Um, I'm just kind I am was of talking confused. to
2: the people. We the people.
3: Oh. Um, how does my laptop not come with a calendar? Oh, no, it does. I found it.
2: Well done, old person. <laughs> June the 13th.
3: One, two, three, four. So next week, there will be four weeks to go until Russia, if Russia is actually the start of GPs. So that could... I reckon we can start look, breaking this shit down. Really? Okay I I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit tentative too, though Because I still feel like Russia's not going to happen So I'm like I don't want to Start going all out On the MXGP well, previews Only f- to find out We've got another two weeks To fill with previews So up to
1: this point It's all systems go on Russia
3: There's nothing What's been go. said Behind the scenes nope. That this is not happening It's all systems go Have you done your media pass For Russia And your visa? I've done my media pass Because I don't have to do it For Russia I get a season pass yep. so. Me too But Have you got your
2: visa? visa. No. Okay. Just flying by the seat of my pants. Right. So, do you think you need to sort that? Because if there's four weeks to go, I don't know, James. You want me to?
3: You want me to do podcasts? You want me to write? You want me to sort visas? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Rain Man. I don't don't know. (laughs) I I don't know, my little special friend. I equally don't know what Rain Man is. But. Uh,
1: it's like a film about you. It's like um, I'm the character which takes you to uh, card counting and um, we become good friends and I profit off of you.
2: I'll never let you profit off me.
1: No. Right. Uh, no, you cost me too much. Right. That's it. Let's go. Thanks again to all our sponsors. Uh, without you guys, this shit isn't happening, which is probably... I don't know if that's good or bad. But yeah, thanks for your support. Uh, we appreciate you. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Next off for us, well, for me, is the Great British Podcast. If you're into all things British, that is going to be available Friday this week, as always. So, uh, Lewis, have you got any podcasts lined up? You've got the Max Anstey podcast lined up? Yep. And then a few others. Cool. Uh, just be good if you could be quite consistent because on the other side of the table here, we're flowing with consistency.
3: Well, max wanted it to be done this week so what okay
1: and what max wants Bax gets okay what about some industry podcasts i thought you're going to be doing some industry yeah podcasts. that's
3: what i'm in the middle of doing it i've got some planned i'm just in the middle of live li- uh, loading up the library
1: well if it's um if it's too much for you just let us know uh, i'm available
3: on the 18th of march 2020 the russian government introduced restrictions on entry into the whole country for almost all foreign citizens
1: jackpot what what, what are you saying
3: Certain groups may be exempt from these restrictions, including people who are resident in Russia, well, that's me. Those who are close family me- members with
1: Sh- Russian members.
3: That's not me. Members of dip- uh, diplomatic missions. Is that me? Oof, yeah, you could be on a diplomatic mission. And highly qualified specialists. Is that me? Am I a highly qualified specialist? I think
1: you're, yeah, I think you're very special. So if there was a spectrum of specialness, you'd be top.
3: Oh, God. Further guidance was issued on Friday the 16th of April to nationals of various countries, including the UK, that they could now travel to Russia via a third country as long as that country is featured on the published list. Oh, there we go. The full list is the United Kingdom, but the United Kingdom has direct flights to uh, to Russia suspended until the 1st of June.
1: It just sounds like it's all going swellingly well for you to get to Russia.
3: Apparently, if I want to go to Russia, I'm allowed to fly to to Tajikistan. Yep. I don't know where that is. Tajikistan. Tajikistan. Yep. I might do a podcast live from Tajikistan. Is nice.
2: I don't know. I'll see you in Russia, everyone. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Right on that note, thank you once again to sponsors. We are out. Say bye, Lewis. I actually,
3: before you said that, I actually thought to myself, hasn't he done well? That was quite a good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's why I fucking do it. Say bye.
0: Yep, bye, bye. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in Motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday
1: life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sun as soon as possible... Visit planetmoto.co for more information.
3: Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAT continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free LIAT bulletproof velocity goggles, LIAT has you covered. Shop LIAT's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com.
1: For over 60 years, or Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varna and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow
2: them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.